Holy hoodwink flight checkers, it's season 1.5, episode 5 of Flight Check. Curly and I decided to match shirts tonight. Uh, Knox, I think, missed the memo. That is truly I don't unfortunate. Own that one yet. Yeah. <laughs> well, How somebody do you not own this one yet. Somebody it's needs been... to uh, gift this man a, a summer T-shirt. You know, I think that's uh, that's the move. I am one of your hosts, Sandy Toes, and to my left and my extra left are my regular pals on the show, Knox War and Curly Double Q. Fellas, we were just having a riveting discussion about movies and Star Wars in in particular. Uh, but other than that, uh, how were your how were your weeks? I mean, we had a full weekend of uh, quarterfinal matchups. Did you guys uh, manage to stay awake, or uh, did you have some resident sleeper moments? Considering I was asleep for a majority of them, <laughs> I would definitely say resident sleeper. And even then, uh, from what I heard about them, I. They were. It was a crappy week in the yeah. Not a, yeah, not a great time for sure. Um, a lot of three O's. Uh, a lot of three O's. A lot of three O's. Curly, how about you? Uh, anything, anything new in your world? I mean, so <clears throat> definitely only got to catch like one or two games a day for like every series, aside from C nine, where I got to watch the first and last games. And oh boy, um, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> But uh, I think I really liked your tweet on Friday for uh, T1 versus Hanwha Life. Like, oh boy, really excited to get, <laughs> just got home from work, excited to watch this one I missed. Well, I was, uh, I think I, I, I think I stole that directly from Cadrell. I think Cadrell tweeted that uh, mm-hmm. the other day. And uh, yeah, and I just, I just stole it immediately because I thought it was hilarious. What was it? That was Friday? That was the... Uh, Friday, T1, Hanwha Life. Where was it? Was it was just... Uh, I'm looking for it. I'm looking for it. Where is it's all it? Right. Maybe, oh, maybe it wasn't him. Maybe it was someone else. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a banger. That's all that really. Yeah. Matters. Anyway, it was, was a good. A it was time. a good tweet. You know, it's like, hey guys, just got home from work. Hope, uh, hope the series is still going. Yeah. yeah. It, it was definitely a cadral tweet, but I can't find it now. Um, definitely. Are you sure it wasn't Thaddeus or Medic or? any of the lec casters no i'm like, pretty he, sure i'm gonna like go through now and see if i can find he's going to stock cadrell i already scrolled <laughs> through uh through everyone hang on if i just like search the actual watch it be the... all right this is important research guys happening right this now is which lec caster tweeted out the banger only to find out it was probably captain flowers oh wait i tweeted on the flight check uh yeah you did oh yeah okay okay hang on all right, this is very important uh, information, folks. Um, Crucial, some might say. Who made this tweet? I can't find this. Uh... Did it? Did it even exist? Is this, maybe we made it up. Maybe I made this up. Maybe this was a fake tweet. <clears throat> wait, wait, wait. What about Dash? You lying to us, Sandy? Uh, maybe I. I might be lying about it. Uh, you know who? Who actually knows? Right, I'm, like, right. going through random Twitter accounts now. I can't... Why can I not load James... Oh, I... Jesus. Anyway... Uh, how, how long are we going to sit on this yeah, tweet? Yeah, somebody, somebody made up this tweet, and then I copied it for the Flight Check Twitter account, and it minorly banged a whole two retweets, one of which was Curly. So, you know, great tweet. Go, uh, if you can go find it, go give it a like. Go give it a little, you know, mm-hmm. love on the Twitter. Three spheres. days later. Uh, anyway, 
quarterfinals <laughs> are over. Uh, NA and EU are on the airport going home. Uh, Cadrill has had some really good memes. I think he uh, he he did like the Lord of the Rings one where it's like never thought I'd be on the airplane alongside you know an NA team, and then it's like <laughs> how about on the air airplane alongside with a friend? I I that could one do was that. Good. You know that one was pretty good. I, I like that. Um, you know, and then we also had a lot of LCK worlds any percent. You know that was pretty good. I mean, sometimes you just have to meme through uh, meme through the pain. You know, that's just how it is. You know what we were lacking, though? A horse standing on a beach. Yeah, there was no man.jpg tweet today. And I... There wasn't. I do take responsibility for that. Uh, I apologize for the... That probably would have been our last one of the year, too. Yeah, I apologize for the the failure. I don't know, actually, because if, like, the offseason goes a particular way, there would be plenty of time for us to tweet some man.jpg tweets. But... FlyQuest offseason is something we will be getting into uh, at a later date. Let's just quickly run through uh, these quarterfinals real fast. Like, super-duper fast. I don't think we need to spend a lot of time Much on Much like every LCK team. Much like the quarterfinals. <laughs> we can go through these turbo-fast. Uh, starting with T1, Hanwha Life. What a disgusting and horrific series. One of the worst quarterfinals I have ever watched at Worlds. And I know that this sentiment was echoed by... A lot of people uh, out there on Twitter and Reddit, mainly, uh, just what a like, so boring. Hanwha Life looked I'll so. Run back was funny for like the first two minutes, and then it just got sad. Yeah, it, like Hanwha just looked so outclassed. Uh, you know, they finally got exposed. Um, you know, yeah. and it, it was just sad. And T1, you know, with the freest, uh, you know, pass to you know, semifinals of all time, maybe more so than Cloud9. I think Cloud9 might have put up more of a fight than Hanma Life did, if I'm being honest. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, um, I will say, though, my one takeaway from this is this series did cement my opinion that Chobi is still the best mid laner in the world right now. Uh, yeah, I think that's still a very fair take to have, yeah. Um, because, right. like, he, he was trying so damn hard to carry that just corpse of a team like a single win a single win um so just yeah he he really cemented it in there like he is the best mid laner in the world right now yeah he looked good still even in that loss i think he had like one moment it was like what are you doing chovy it was like like, (laughs) yeah yeah so basically chovy if uh showmaker shits the bed somehow before worlds is over you might have a spot on damn kia who knows Oh, by the way, I was right. It was a Cadrill tweet uh, originally that I did copy. It I just couldn't find it earlier. So justified. I feel feel better about it. You know, we we've gotten that out of the way. Okay, uh, let's hit uh, RNG versus EDG because this was actually an interesting uh, matchup. Five games yeah. back and forth yeah. the whole way through. Um, what I will say is that whatever team lost, when they lost, they looked really bad when doing it. Like, none of these games were, like, super close, except maybe the one game where JJ gets, uh, you know, two Baron steals back-to-back, and that was only because RNG was, like, making a fight out of it. I think that might have been game two or mm-hmm. three. I, I can't remember exactly which one. But JJ gets yeah. the two uh, Baron steals back-to-back, which was incredible. Um, and basically, you know, stops RNG's comeback. 
uh, before it had really even begun. But, I mean, there's a legit shot there that if RNG had gotten either of those Barons, uh, that they could have, you know, made a comeback and maybe, you know, this series ends up going a different way. Um, but for me, and, and this is a bit like, not a rant, but like a bit of a, a thought that I'm having, I am very sus on EDG right now. Um, I don't think they... Are you joining me on the opinion of this? Uh, I mean, I picked RNG to win that quarterfinal, so I was wrong uh, uh-huh. about EDG winning. Uh, you know, all props to Curly for, you know, nailing that one. Uh, for hitting, hitting the, uh, the head on the nail. Head on the nail. Will. Um, <laughs> but, uh, in a strange way, I mean, maybe you guys will have a different take. We can get to the semis. I mean, eventually, but I'm, when we get there, I'm going to be talking about, you know, a Gen G win, uh, you know, over EDG, because I think that's a real possibility here. So uh, yeah. EDG, they win this series, but in my opinion, they look very sus doing it. How do you lose to an Annie? Um... You Dude, know. that Annie was scary, though. Like, you can't deny that Annie was terrible. It was, it was. I mean, the game four Annie was, but uh, <laughs> not the game four. Not the game two Annie. The game two Annie was, uh, was, that was a... Annie at Worlds is just something I didn't expect. That was a galaxy brain Annie all. right there. Um, <laughs> Sunday's matchup, Dom Juan versus Mad. Uh, this one was kind of sad for me because... Um, you know, I think Mad uh, really had some shots at winning a couple games, but that uh, last game, hurt I think this, so I think game two, I think it was game two, right? That they were pretty ahead, and then Damon just has an incredible comeback. I mean, that's just a mental cracker right there. That's just like that's mental boom uh, instantly. I mean, you could see there, there's a video going around El Yoya just like kind of popping off in the break room. Uh, after game two, you know, very visibly frustrated um, at losing a game that should have been winnable, uh, much like C9 uh, today, losing a game that should have been winnable. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so I Dom Juan just, in my opinion, continuing to cement themselves as the tournament favorite, being able to win from ahead and win from uh, massively behind. Uh, I don't know if you guys have any further thoughts. I, Curly, you are the the LEC expert on the show, so man, um, I don't know. I like I'm super disappointed for um, Mad not being able to pull on through, especially because I feel like as a team, Mad, in my opinion, is strongest in a best of five. Um, and so this was their element, and they're really good at upsetting. I mean, that's how they kind of ascended to LEC domination, where I want to say a good amount of people probably thought Rogue was going to win but this uh, back in spring, but the second Mad um, pulled off the reverse sweep, it was just like Mad all the way. And I thought they would continue that, but... Hmm. Damon is just such a powerful team, and I think I need to give them uh, more respect than I have for the rest of the tournament, that's for sure. Um, and, uh, I will say this, like I was struggling to wake up yesterday before (laughs) my, um, and then I woke up just for like the last half of the last match and I was like, wow. Yeah. And then I had to go stream. (laughs) So I was like, all right, we're just going to pretend this morning didn't happen. Um, can't wait to watch the game later today, guys. Right. Yeah. Right guys. 
Gonna be a great series, right? I, you know, who mm-hmm. I feel bad for uh, in all of this is um, Captain Flowers, because uh, he has to experience the pain, uh, you know, after all of us do, but he can't in the moment share in the pain uh, because he's you know doing his his rebroadcast like a whole twenty four hours later. So the poor man, the poor man is still out there somewhere in California right now, four forty five p.m. out there. Uh, you know, hoping, still having that NA hopium that Cloud9 uh, could maybe make something out of uh, this quarterfinals appearance. Um, Nox, I, I don't I, know if you had, if you had anything oh to say about God. about this mad series, or we can move on to the C9 one real fast. Uh, I don't have anything. Cl- clearly, I think it sucks. Really, just the group draw. I think against pretty much most of the other first seeds, I think this is a far closer game for Mad Lions, right? But you happen to literally just draw like the worst first seed you could get. So, yeah. Um, I, I I really do think Mad could have shown a lot more. I think they did show a fair amount considering it was Damwon, but mm-hmm. yeah, outside there, there's nothing much more to say. Just a really unfortunate draw, and I hopefully this team sticks together because they're a good European team. I want to see them continue to stick with it going into next year because I think they can make a deep run next year. But yeah, because literally, I think the last the only last two best of fives this Mad Lions team has lost has been to Damwon Gaming. It's not even been anyone in their region. It's been Damwon. Right. No one else. Yeah. So, I'd love to see this team play another best of five against literally any other team. I I feel like, yeah, they got, they got kind of shafted on the, on the quarterfinal draw. I feel like, you know, if they had played RNG, or if they had played Genji, or if they had played, um... They couldn't play Genji. They, were they could not play Genji. If they had played RNG or if they had played uh, T1, T1. Yeah, yeah, I feel like they might have been able to make something more uh, out of those series. But definitely RNG. Like definitely RNG, RNG would have been theirs. No, like yeah. no problem. I, I think RNG could have been a win for Mad Lions for sure. All right. Well, it's time to memorialize uh, Cloud Nine. And North America at Worlds, uh, LCS's last hope on the plane uh, home from Iceland. Uh, you know, kind of rough, kind of sad. Uh, truly, a difficult time for all of us. Um, sim, I mean, there were some similarities I saw to uh, the Mad Lion series, where you know, it's not like they were playing badly; they no. managed to get ahead. Uh, in a couple games, uh, it was it's all about maintaining that lead and being able to close out the game. You know, when you have that early lead, uh, translating it into a mid-game lead and doing something proactively with it, uh, and it just was not there. Um, so I don't know how much of this series you guys got to watch today, but um, I got to see the whole thing. And yeah, it was, uh, not fun. Yeah, I, I mean, saw the first and last games in uh, excruciating detail, in, <laughs> right up close in HD. Uh, honestly, you probably missed the worst one, Curly. <laughs> you cool, did. Good. Yeah, you I did. Game two was the worst that. one. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We're just. It didn't happen. <laughs> it was just like they flipped a coin. Oh man, it went Gen G side. Cool. Yeah. Next. <laughs> I mean, what sucks though is that game two draft. I thought. We like Giga Brain drafted him. I was like, "Oh, it's it's going one one easy." Then no, just yeah, I thought that draft int. was pretty good. Just int. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Knox, I, I really want to hear your thoughts. You know, on the series. Um, I mean, it's 
this was a series uh, that a lot of people were looking at and saying, wow, Cloud9 could really, you know, could really do it. I remember saying, and I, I tweeted this earlier today, um, that uh, I wouldn't be shocked to see Cloud9 go through, and I wouldn't be shocked to see them get 3-0'd. And, you know, lo and behold, uh, they, <laughs> got they got 3-0'd. But, uh, you know, this was a series that a lot of people felt like anything could happen. Yeah, uh, for sure. Um, and you can see it in game one, too, right? That first game was super close, very back and forth. Yeah. Uh, just I think what it kind of came down to was Gen G just comes down to that classic Korean macro, right? Just they're better at us in terms of macro. And you could tell because Cloud9 had a little bit of a lead in the mid game. They got mm-hmm. in that Baron. They were kind of climbing their way up. They're taking turrets. They're pushing their way in. And then Baron ended. And then Vision started getting taken back by Gen G. Genji started kind of making moves in the river, and they started claiming stuff, and just that they it kept slipping away from Cloud Nine. They couldn't cement the win, and mm-hmm. eventually, uh, Genji very sloppily, because like let's be honest, that cannon was <laughs> not pretty, right? Um, <laughs> but eventually, Genji managed to close it out, and they choked him out, and it was like, all right, there's game one. And then you go into game two, and I, I'm watching this draft, right? You got 380 on the side of Genji, and then. Bam, the Malphite comes in. You're like, oh. Fudge Malphite, baby. Fudge (laughs) Malphite into 380 on Gen G's side. Oh. It looks good. Yeah. We're we're looking good. We're looking good. The other thing is, they got the least sin, right? It's like, you know what? Just for good measure. (laughs) Boom. Poppy. Which I'm sure Curly, you loved. Well, you didn't get to see it. No, I did. I was like, I saw that <laughs> locked in draft and then I left for school. I was like, it's going to be a great day. Hoppy's <laughs> on the rift, maybe. Narrator, it was not, comma, in fact, comma, a great day. <laughs> no. Um, and so, like, you see the Poppy, because the other thing is, like, not only is it 3 AD for the Malphite, like, that's that's a great counter. You have the Poppy going into a Graves, which has a dash, Lee Sin, which is super dashy, and then a Rakan, which is also extremely dashy. Poppy shuts down all of this, right? Yeah, it's like, counter. oh my god, we have three counters on one champion via Malphite, and then we have another three counters via Poppy for Blabber. And it's like, we're, we're good. We're, we're just good. Like, there's, like, I'm not worried about this. We just outdrafted him so hard, and then it's get into game and it's just perks is getting picked non-stop and just like fudge is getting dived top lane early game so that way he's not scaled yet which i mean it's smart on gen g's part but it's like the level of play was just like their brains turned off i don't know what the hell happened and so at that point it's like yeah you outdrafted him like massively and if you restart this game i guarantee you seven to eight times out of ten you probably win them just off of draft alone but Mm -hmm. we hit like the one out of ten where it's like, no, you just giggle lose this because you're playing like absolute buffoons. Yep. So I don't know. That was game two. There's nothing like I, I don't have anything else outside of that the fact that we just outdrafted him and then proceeded just throw it away off a of terrible play. And then game yep. three comes in and we were in it for a little while game and it kind of it kind of it, yeah it just it goes back to BDD being an absolute boss on Zoe. Game uh, three for me, okay, so I was uh, being an excellent student and being so perfect at multitasking <laughs> that uh, during my anatomy lecture, I was, like, learning about cells and mm. watching um, the brain cells misfire um, <clears throat> in uh, Cloud9 at crucial moments. But actually, no, that uh, game three for me was intense because for, like, the first 15 minutes... I was like, holy shit, C9, you turned on. You're controlling this. You're doing great. Even when you like lose a fight, you like figure out how to make it good. You were like they were doing great. 
Um, and for me, game three was decided by one single bubble. A very specific bubble before the Ocean Soul fight that got Sven trapped in the pit. If that bubble didn't hit Sven, I feel like that fight would have went so different. But by uh, Sven on the MF being absolutely deleted before anything could happen, um, that, number one, <clears throat> tore C9 apart. But they were still able to recover it. I mean, Blabber was doing an awesome job, 1v3. Um, and unfortunately, it just took Perks too long to turn around and start helping him. Um because I think everyone was thinking, all right, we'll just leave. And if they had turned around a little quicker or just left, it would have turned out better for everyone. But that one fight, I want to say, is like the final nail in the coffin. And then it was just from there. And it threw away every single bit of progress that they had made before. And it made me so sad to watch happen. Yeah, I want to say that the fact that C9 got to quarters at all. Uh, Super happy. Big success for North America. Overperforming for my expectations. Overperforming, uh, and I think in that group. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of interesting discussions to be had around North America's performance at Worlds this year because you have some people I've seen uh, arguing that Team Liquid was still the best performing North American team. Um, you know, going three and three in their very competitive group. Um, Cloud Nine kind of doing the whole you know barely squeaking out and then promptly getting. Uh, blasted in quarterfinals so i think there's you know some arguments to be made over which team was uh the better performing one i think i would decisively say 100 thieves comes in at number three for uh yep. na performance and then you can make arguments either way for cloud nine or team liquid um but i think looking ahead towards this off season, and this is a sentiment i've seen echoed by a lot of people uh folks like travis gafford uh kelsey moser a bunch of other folks uh, around the scene in north america i really hope that what owners do not do this off season is think that the problem can be solved by throwing millions of dollars at you know eu players or other players you know around the world um and making big name imports you know but We've started establishing a foundation in amateur and academy, and we're starting to bring players up. Let's let that system work. You know, um, you've got players already coming in, like Danny. You've got Jojo Pune in, a few, in you know, hopefully a year or two. You know, there's a lot of talents out there um, that have the mechanical skill required, but we just need to get them up to the macro level. Uh, Knox, you definitely uh, want to say something here, I'm sure. Well, so uh, just speaking of off-season, right? I, I, pose, I posed this question earlier in the Discord, and I also posed it earlier in the Oracle's Elixir. And I, I wanted to hear what you guys think. So, one year ago, a genie comes to you, and he says, if you pay $11 million to acquire perks for your team, here's what you will get. You will have a spring championship win. You will have a fifth and sixth place finish at MSI. You will have a third place finish at Summer LCS. And then you will go a perfect 50, uh, 50 overall throughout the entire, entirety of Worlds, squeaking into quarterfinals and finishing 0-3. That's what you get with $11 million to buy perks. You know this back in November of 2020. 
Do you take that deal or not? I mean, I don't take a deal for $11 million. Period. <laughs> like, I don't know. Even if he saw, like, if C9 somehow had won worlds, I still could never in my life justify paying $11 million for a single player. You know, it could be Faker. It could be Chovy. It could be Showmaker. Wouldn't do it. Okay. What do you think, Sandy? I see your quizzical look on your face. Yeah. I don't know how much of a direct comparison you can make, but the last time Cloud9 made quarterfinals, they won that series. And it was without perks. Um, it was with a mid laner that most people would say is of a decidedly lower quality. Still very good, Jensen. Very good mid laner, but not perks level, right? Um, and yeah, I mean it was a very that was a very different team that was sneaky and Zazel, Licorice, and I believe uh, Svenskaren was the jungler that year as well. Um, so you know a completely different roster, right? But uh, <laughs> a completely different roster. But they made it further than any North American team had made it before and has since then, right? And um, I don't know if you can really call this year for Cloud9 a success based on... Um, that acquisition of perks and the other pieces you surrounded him with in like Vulcan, uh, you know, a multiple time MVP in Blabber, um, you know, your big Academy promotion in Fudge, one of the, you know, OG, you know, bot lane players in Zven, you know, you look at those pieces and that's a team that you expect to do very, very well that you expect to do very well. And, like, I did see some other stuff today about, like, oh, you know, they won Spring Split, they got top six at MSI, and they got top eight at Worlds and third in Summer. I don't know, with that roster, that sounds like a roster to me that should be dominating Spring, top four at MSI, dominating Summer, you know, top four at Worlds. Like, that's what I would expect from that roster. Um, and I... I I would say it's like still like okay, it's a success to get out of groups. That's tough for North America, especially in a group like they had. But I just don't think that this was enough um, out of that acquisition. I don't think Jack got what he paid for. Um, I think if you're paying for someone like Perks, and you're gonna put the pieces around him like Jack did, you should be saying yes, semifinals are bust. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, that, that's so that's my outlook on it. Y your criteria then is if they had made semis, it would have been worth the eleven mil. I guess maybe I was answering the question of like, was it a successful season? Would it, no, was I, it, I, I, I'm was just kind of going deeper into what you said. Was it worth eleven million? I don't think it was worth eleven million. I don't think any player. I, I first of all, I think like the sword art acquisition and I think the perks acquisitions were both massively overvalued. Um, oh yeah, I think they were massive overvalues. I think, 
and it's unfortunately going to set a trend of owners uh, massively overpaying for players that don't deserve that kind of valuation. Um, but, so yeah, so I don't think it, it was... I don't think top eight at Worlds is worth an $11 million purchase. If you want me to be honest, if I you're can't, paying $11 million, like the only potential thing I could think of that might justify it, and that's might, is if you somehow start performing... Uh, like Damwon has these last few years, where you set up potential back-to-back world's titles. That is the only payoff. Yeah, I mean, I, like, I think this is money well invested. Yeah, like this is not this is not a scene. We're, this is not a uh, like the NBA or the NFL where you're paying players. This is not like a uh, what was the? There's a player in the MLB, Fernando Tatis Jr., super young guy. He's literally 22 years old. And uh, he just signed an extension with the with his team, the Padres. And I want to see if I can find this contract. Um, Tatis Junior contract. Yeah, fourteen year contract for three hundred thirty million dollars. You know that's uh, Jesus. Yeah. So one, two, three, four, five, six divided by fourteen. That is uh, like. $23.5 million a year, right? And that's not including any, like, bonuses oh. or, like, you know, stuff like that. So we're nowhere near that, right? We're nowhere near that level of monetary exchange for players uh, in this burgeoning scene. However, I don't want to see us getting to that point where all of a sudden we're paying $20 million for, you know, Ruler to come over or we're paying, you know... 15 million dollars and i'm just worried that you know after that owners are just going to look at it and be like huh dang well 11 million dollars for perks didn't work so uh 40 million guy right 40 million dollars to sign knight you know it's like (laughs) (laughs) where is it going to end like we don't have that kind of money let's like start being profitable first and then uh and then maybe we can get to you know ridiculous contracts so that's actually a big thing i don't get how do you afford that because like i look at the prize pools venture capital anytime i'm looking at um the tournaments i'm looking at the prize pools and like i think anytime i look at c9 in the back of my head i'm like how did they afford perks yeah if you win everything you don't get perks it's all venture capitalism yeah, I was the the thing is like in the LCS, I believe there are only two current LCS teams that are actually profitable, and that is TSM and One Hundred Thieves. So, uh, that had to have been a huge hit for Cloud Nine to drop eleven mil on perks. Yeah. So, uh, well, there you go. Uh, then. <laughs> okay, let's hit the next thoughts. Um. I kind of gave my how sus is EDG talk already. I think they're very sus. Uh, welcome the, to the dark side. Yeah, welcome to the dark side. Um, I need the leaderboard. Or is the leaderboard down actually right now? Uh, leaderboard of what? Yep. Oh, because oh, I just wanted to check who did the best in uh, – who is the flight check pick'em king? So – Oh, uh, well – Nox War. Probably. With, uh, ooh, oh, this is getting spicy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Close, I think. So, both of you correctly predicted the winner 
of three out of four of the matches. However, correct. neither of you predicted the correct score lines. Score for any of them. Now, your boy, uh, Sandy Toes, uh, only predicted two correct winners. However, I nailed no. the score lines in both so of those. So we're all equal. No, no. I have what? four, and you both have we three. We have three, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no! So I no! am the knockout pick'em king so far. So far. We still have semifinals and finals to go. Um... But, uh, yes, very, very interesting. Uh, quarterfinals day one, that was, uh, that was T1 Hanma Life, correct? And then, uh, and then yeah. I got, Do uh, oh, so I man. called them for a 3-0, uh, and then I called Damwon 3-0 over Mad, uh, which, you know, was, and then I think the other ones I had were, uh, I think I had said C9 in a 3-2, and that was obviously very wrong, and then I had, uh, RNG maybe in a 3-2 as well. Um, yeah, you so, had RNG 3-2. Yeah, so I got that scoreline yeah. correct, which I feel like I should get a half a point for that, you know? Um, you know what? I, I'm the commissioner. I'll allow it. I, I get a half point too. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, so that's oh, where man. things stand. I think I am still very far behind you guys uh, on the overall scoreboard only because I missed, so you, I missed a lot of my, out or no? I missed a lot of my play-ins, uh, <laughs> yeah. my plans ones. I can check the totals for us real fast. Oh, I know that I'm sitting pretty in 85th place. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. You're actually, overall you're sitting in uh 94th place, uh, my friend. So no, no, no. I checked it today. I should be in 85th. Well, I'm. I clicked on totals Early. and you read 94. Hold up. Did yeah, it you, update you're, again? You're I'm I'm in, a, I'm in a cool 127th overall. Bro, so. what do I have to? Oh my god. <laughs> Knox is uh, 41st, so he's not out of it. He just needs a little needs a little help. It's a it's a spicy uh, it's a spicy top top 10 right now. I will say. Um, it, it's it's fairly there. close. Our our friend of the show, uh, Ricebox, actually doing very well. Uh, for themselves as he does uh, as, as he does, as he does uh, in in uh, many pickums all right that's where we stand on pickums Knox uh, wow. is it uh, do we want to do your world's format first or do we want to hit uh, the the little flyquest news uh, that popped out today well wait what about we never oh do we want to discuss talk? EDG sucks yeah, I was gonna say predictions oh yeah okay let's talk semis yeah of course uh I was moving too quick or do we, are we are we putting that at the end because you didn't oh uh, no let's let's do it now let's do it now let's yeah, do it now. now okay okay uh so um, T1 versus Dom1 I have Dom1 here um I I think T1 looked really good and it's a shame that they couldn't uh that they're on this side of the bracket because I wish this was actually our finals matchup. This um, probably will should have been the finals bracket. Yeah, I, I wish this was the finals matchup, and this is Riot. This is why we need double elimination. Um, mm -hmm. This because this should have been the finals matchup. Uh, and then I don't have a pick yet for Gen G versus EDG because I'm still debating it. Uh, but I'm curious to know both of y'all's thoughts on uh, these two matchups that we have. Curly, so... yeah, Curly, it's hit. Hit it with you. I'm kind of in the opposite boat of you, where I have my decisive pick for Genji versus EDG, um, and it is Genji. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think EDG really stands much of a chance. Um, 
part of my basis on it is literally every LCK uh, LCK team that won went three and zero, and EDG was the only one uh, that had to go all the way to game five. So like, if you're looking at the math there, that's just like, wow, they struggled harder. But then on top <laughs> of that, of all teams, they struggled against RNG, which to me, eh, you shouldn't be you shouldn't be losing the, uh, like more than one game to RNG. Especially if they're the only team that lost to uh, Fnatic in group stages. Respectfully disagree, but continue. Oh, man. <laughs> and it's funny because back in OSI, I was like, don't underestimate RNG, but that summer happened. Like, underestimate RNG. Um, but yeah, no, EDG, like, EDG, I don't know, just not doing it for me, especially because it's now <clears throat> League of Mid Laners. And holy fuck, BDD. Holy yeah. fuck. <laughs> yeah, BDD is just something else. Kind of cracked. Kind of cracked. So, yeah. uh, yeah. Ban, no. ban Gen Zoe, G. you know? Yeah. B so underscore Gen... N Z underscore <laughs> E. Ban Zoe. So that's my prediction for Gen G versus EDG. But as of this moment, I really don't know for Damn One versus T1. Because wow. you look at Damwon, and Damwon, yes, they are undefeated. They look really good. They have consistently looked good all season. But T1, like, they look like they woke up. And they are here, and they are ready. And so, like, I see them so equally right now. And I know T1, like, struggled against Damwon during the whole season. But I, I at this moment, I cannot tell you which team I am more confident in. I will say this, whoever does win is winning worlds because Genji will stomp EDG, but then they're going to get stomped right back when it comes to finals. But I, I don't know which one it is, man. So I, I'm going to have to take a good old ask again later. <laughs> Try again later. Uh, with the yeah. I, we'll, I'll see your picks later this week. So Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, at least for the T1 Damwon, T1's looking like they're on the up and up a little bit, but like it's also Damwon. They haven't looked outside of like that game two against Mad, which is like I think the first time they've really been pushed this whole tournament long. Like they have not looked vulnerable whatsoever. Um, whereas T1's shown a different couple times, like you, you, you can hit them. Um, so at the, at the end of the day, I think I'm gonna go with uh, Damwon winning. I'm not sure on the scoreline yet, I still gotta think on that one a little bit. And then on the opposite side of the bracket, uh, I mean, y'all know me. I've been saying it all tournament long. I don't believe EDG should have ever gotten this far. I don't trust them. I still don't trust them. Genji should take this. I'm actually going to predict a hard 3-0 for Genji on this one. Ooh, a boring semifinal, says Knox. Yes. Uh... I, it's gonna, well, that semifinal, yes. I think yeah. the T1 Damwon one will be a very, very fun one. And it should have honestly been the final. It should have been. I think, uh, yeah, I think the T1 Dom one will be, it'll be either 3-1 or 3-2, I think, for Dom one. Uh, I think T1 will actually challenge them, uh, you know. But the, yeah, EDG, even in their wins, did not look good versus RNG. Uh, and, of course, I say that, and now this is the week that they're going to turn everything around and figure everything out and um, just stomp. No, it's not. But it, but <laughs> it's not. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, but I, I think I'm. I think I am going to go with Genji here. Um, I just for some reason, I feel like I've got more faith. As long as they do not put in Birdall, 
Um, and keep Rascal uh, up there uh, in the top lane. I think Gen G should take this one. I don't think it's going to be the clean 3-0. Um, I could see this being a 3-1 or 3-2 as well. So either series, I think, will be 3-1 or 3-2. I just have to decide exactly which one. Actually, you know what? I'm going to lock it in right now. You know? Damwon 3-1 and Gen G 3-2. Uh, I think we're going to have some exciting semifinals on our hands. That's what I am. That is how I am rolling. I personally disagree with you on, like, the exciting semifinal part. Uh, <laughs> like, it, quality of gameplay away. The fact that it's three LCK teams mm. makes me so unenthused. Because it's like, all right. <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of here for the... Uh the resurgence of lck this year i i like the narrative about it where they've been kind of knocked down for a few years yeah. by both eu and lpl and yeah. now here they are to kind of reclaim i mean i know Damwon <coughs> they, they won it last year um yeah. but Damwon was literally the only good lck team at the tournament um and lpl was still uh very very Funny. good yeah, LPL was still very, very good. And now this year, LCK has kind of uh, hit back with a vengeance. That's and, true. And they are the ones who have looked really, really good. Um, so that's kind of where... That's part of the narrative that I'm liking. Okay, that's semifinals. Uh, okay, now the question, Nox. Uh, the world's format first, or do we want to hit the FlyQuest news? I mean, we we were just discussing how we want double limb in uh, in worlds. So maybe your format. Uh... Yeah, I was like, let's do, let's do the format. Format. And then, yeah, cool. uh, we can wrap it up uh, with the Black West news. Cool. All right. So let me do the transition. Curly and I will take a back seat. Uh, this is a little thing that Knox has been uh, working on. So I'm going to transition the show over to him. There he is. Uh, there's his beautiful face, uh, and then he's going to kind of give me the uh, the nudge when. Um, when it's time to change slides. So, uh, War, please take it away. So I'm just going to apologize in advance if this is a little more dry than the other presentation. There's, <laughs> le there's less pictures. It's more kind of like bullet points. Yes. Um, to give context to this, I was talking with uh, J366, I think is the number, whatever. Uh, <laughs> basically, basically a guy in the Vietnamese, uh, the VCS Discord, as well as the Oracle Elixir Discord, who's, also kind of runs his own pickums in there. And we got talking one day. It was like, well, obviously most people want like a format change in what worlds should look like, right? And so we kind of went back and forth. And he kind of gave his ideas on it. And I was like, eh, well, now you've got me scratching this itch. And so here I am making a PowerPoint presentation over what I think the ideal presentation should be. So if you want to go on to the first slide. All right. So the big thing I want to emphasize, and y'all are going to very quickly learn that I am a huge uh, proponent in giving more screen time to emerging regions. Um, so with this format that I'm proposing, uh, a lot of emerging regions don't get a lot of screen time or get the chance to prove themselves. Sometimes you get teams like Infinity Esports, who this year uh, came all the way to Iceland from Latin America, played four games on stage where they lost all four of them and then just went home. It's kind of depressing, right? You spend a lot of money to go do all that just to show up four times and then, all right, go home. And that's it. You're like, your season's done. Uh, I'd like to give the regions more time and more screen time. So that way, other major regions can look toward those regions, see like actual gameplay happening on stage and go, oh, hey, 
this player is from a mi minor region, right? But they look pretty good. Maybe it's someone I can get in contact with. Maybe it's someone I can get on an academy roster. Maybe over time develop. You never know. It could be the next FBI. A lot of people earlier this year were saying Violet's on the Peace team this year looks really, really good. And there's been a lot of discussions on Twitter saying, hey, maybe we should bring him over to North America. Stuff like that. So that's kind of the main reason I want to do this particular format. So with that said, the suggested format is an additional qualifier tournament before World Slash Play-Ins. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah, sorry. sorry. Yeah. Um, basically, the regions that would fall under this would be, like, it's kind of like there's a play-ins for the actual tournament, and then there's, like, the actual tournament, right? And then that tournament qualifiers go on to play-ins slash actual worlds. And so the regions that would fall under this particular Tier 4 tournament, based off of 2021 standings, would be the LCL, or CIS, TCL, Turkey, CB Lowell, Brazil, and LLA, Latin America. Uh, this would be an 18 tournament consisting of the top two teams from each region split into two groups of four and seeded based off the first and second place from the regional finals, all done via group draw. So like the normal little ball thing in the hand, yada, yada, pull it out. That's how they separate the groups. And obviously the normal rules apply if you don't allow the same region to be in the same group. Um, the start date for this would be August 28th, 2023. And so if you guys ever want to look at like a calendar, literally like I have this all mapped out on a calendar. And you can see it fits perfectly in line with Riot scheduling. Um, an example of what this would look like based off of 2019 results, because that was kind of like the last time that you saw every single region participating, because unfortunately Vietnam hasn't been able to participate due to COVID-19. Um, so if you look at the groups below, you have like Group A, Unicorns of Love, which was a seed one from the LCL, Isaris Gaming, who's seed one from Latin America, INTZ, seed two from Brazil, Supermassive Esports, seed two from Turkey, Group B's Vegas Squadron, C2 from Russia, All Knights, C2 Latin America, Flamingo Esports, C1 Brazil, and C1 from Turkey, Royal Youth. That's kind of what those groups would look like, right? So if you want to go on the next slide. Um, so basically, the way the format would work is it would be a single round robin of best of ones taking place on the 28th, 29th, and 30th of August until one round robin is completed. So basically four games a day, pretty easy on the production side, very easy to manage. Um, after that, obviously you have everything seeded and the best of threes would take place on the 31st of August and the first and second of September with two best of threes happening each day. So in total six best of threes. And basically it's obviously the normal seeding patterns of like first plays fourth from the other group, second plays third from the other group, so on and so forth. Um, so yeah, so just like I said, top two. Basically, the top two, they, they, don't, they won't play each other at all. They'll just uh, move on to the next Tier 3 tournament. Um, and this kind of bracket is kind of what it would look like. So just for theoreticals, right? Um, the Tier 3 tournament would be the same format as the Tier 4 tournament, but with higher-seeded regions. So you'd have the second seed coming in from the PCS. You would have the second seed coming in from the VCS. And then currently, based off of like today's standards, the LJL and the LCO have been the highest performing emerging regions in the past two years, which is absolutely crazy to think about considering how bad these regions have been in years past. But the past two years, they've been on the up and up. So if you think about it, they are actually the most deserving. Um, after that, uh, you would also, yeah, so you'd have the first and second seats from both of those regions. And then you have the two winners from the tier four tournament. In which case, scheduling for this would take place on, uh, bet, these would once again be best of ones, and it would take place on September 4th, 5th, and 6th. Once again, total four games played a day. Best of threes would be played uh, 7th, 8th, and 9th, with two best of threes being played a day. And once again, the top two would qualify for the actual play-in stage. Uh, 
And this is where I want to emphasize that there's like a week and a half or so in between these tournaments. So that way teams can travel to the actual world's location as well as get settled and time zone differences and so on and so forth. Uh, because ideally what I would like to have happen would be the uh, world's play-in starting on 9-21-23. World's play-in stage. Uh, Intended for teams from major regions that place close to being at the top, but didn't really make it. Think of it like Valorant's last chance qualifier for people who were kind of keeping track of the Valorant uh, scene. But this is kind of like almost international. And so, and I'm sure a lot of people are kind of going at this, looking at this going, what do you mean fifth seed LPL and fifth seed LCK? And the reason I put those in is because I think the amount of dominance that those two regions have shown over the year, that they've earned having four seeds automatically put into the stage, right? Like you look at LNG this year, they put up a decent fight. They didn't make it through, but they looked okay, right? Then you have Hanwha Life who made it all the way to quarterfinals. These regions have enough teams that are strong enough and deep enough that they deserve having fifth seeds placed in play-ins, in my opinion. And I'll I'll show on the next slide here in a second, but don't go yet. Um, Just like if you think about it, those teams were absolutely able to show up, I think. Um, So along with the fifth seed LCK and LPL, you'd have the third seed LEC from Europe, the third seed LCS from North America. You'd have the first seed from PCS and the first seed from BCS, as well as the top two winners from the tier three tournament. Like, if you think about that lineup, would that not be a hype tournament to watch? Don't you think that'd be very close in standings? Um, so with that said, it's a total of eight teams split into two, uh, two groups of four, ensuring the tier three teams are separated. Uh, first seed group uh, A plays fourth seed group B in a best of five. So this kind of brings in the best of five format that Plains has currently right now, because I think that's a great standard to have to reach the actual group stage. All right, now, now I'm good for the next slide. So this is kind of what it would look like. So if you guys remember from 2019 Sandbox Gaming as well as JD Gaming, both were very solid teams. Obviously nowhere near good enough to make Worlds at the time and probably obviously not favorites whatsoever. But if you compare them to other teams that would be in this group like Clutch, Splice, Gigabyte Marines, AHQ, Lowkey, this is an insane tournament to watch. Like the round robin stage would be awesome. Like I don't know who would be taking what slot, right? And then the best of fives themselves would be also very, very hard to tell. So I think just for viewership alone, having this as be the new playing stage would be awesome and would bring in a lot, a lot of viewers, right? Um, so there's that. If you want to go next slide. So Worlds Contenders, um, I kind of had two different options on how this wanted to play. Like you could squeeze group stage into five days in a row with three series a day and on day five only having two series played. Kind of similar to what Valorant uh, Masters Berlin did. Or you can split into six days over the course of two weekends, so that way it's kind of like more uh, relaxed a little bit, kind of like how it has been in years past. Like, just the fact that, like, I'm trying to give options here, right? So that way, whatever, like, is better for Riot, you can do. So if you need to split it up a little bit, or teams are like, hey, we need to take a little break, so that way we're not just going five days in a row. Like, it's whatever's best, right? Um, so if you want to go five days in a row, you want to start the tournament on October 5th, 2023, and that way the tournament ends on... Uh, October 28th, or you can start the tournament on October 6th and have it be split over the course of two weekends, and the ending tournament will be finishing on November the 4th. Whatever is best, I'm not sure. It's kind of up in the air. I don't really know what would be best in that particular situation, but I think, honestly, both of those paths could work, right? Um, To make sure all regional leagues are able to be there and compete all regional leagues need to be completed by September 3rd, 2023, ensuring enough time for boot camp as well as travel. 
uh, teams that are automatically in groups, like a set of four LCK teams, four LPL teams, two LEC teams, and two LCS teams, and then the four teams that are coming from plans. And something that I'll get into more here in a second is I would like to see the group stage turned into a Swiss style uh, groups with best of three double elimination. Because currently, a lot of the times, what happens is you have like teams that just like play twice and then it's done, or like a total of six games and then it's done, right? And I just I don't think you get enough. Like the series doesn't show like adaptability or anything because you can play like a team like four days later or whatever. And I think Swiss style is just a lot lot better. Um, and then this is probably where a lot of people may disagree with me still, and some people actually like it. Is like I want to keep the knockouts the same as the current single best of five single elimination. And if you want to go to the next stage, I kind of describe why. Oh, I guess on the next slide, but basically, so assuming regional leagues stay the same, this is kind of like this little slide, and I'll, I'll link this slide in the Discord in case anyone wants to like look at this. But basically, these are all the dates of when each major region should start and when it should end. Um, emerging region schedules, uh, just basically, I'm not sure what would be best for emerging regions, because each emerging region has like different formats for their leagues, right? Basically, the only requirement I'm going to say is either you can shorten your uh, league down so that way you can get done by August 13th because that's basically when all those leagues have to be done by so that way can, they can send their respective teams to that Tier 4 tournament. and then Or uh, you can push your whole season forward a little bit. However you want to do it, uh, admittedly, I think probably just shortening your season would probably be the best, specifically in summer because you're still doing MSI and everything. So at least probably just shortening your summer season somehow, so that way everything's done by August 13th, and then you move on. Uh, admittedly, this would make uh, their offseason very weird and short, and free agency wouldn't be able to be opened up until after all the leagues are completed, because technically it's a global system, right? Like, all leagues should be able to look at it. So it's kind of a little awkward. Basically, teams are having to sit around and wait until Worlds is done, and that's like three months later. Um, so that's kind of one of the downsides that I wanted to point out of this particular format. Um, these changes, like, just kind of reiterating, these changes are for the sake of closer-cut competition, uh, better viewability, not necessarily what will bring the most views. It will suck for some emerging regions to never see their teams play against higher-ranking teams, which I know a lot of people love seeing, like, the LGL play against, like, EDG or whatever it may be. But historically, we've never seen these teams actually put up a competition. Like, it happens, but it's, like, once in a blue moon, it's, like, rare occasions or upsets, which is typically what brings in the views, right? Like, oh, what if it happens? But, like... If you want like high, high competitive games, a majority of the time, this particular format is what's going to bring that, right? Um, so that's kind of why I wanted to expand the tournaments or a, another tournament blower. So that way you have more teams from the emergency, emerging regions being able to compete. There's more viewability that way. You have more teams. You have more teams to cheer for, which means you have more opportunities to continue to move on. But at the same time, you're set back a little bit because your region has typically not shown the ability to perform that well, right? So I think it's a decent kind of set off or like a trade off rather. So you start lower, but you get more teams to play and more teams to watch, which is honestly, I think, better for the region overall. Um, these changes also give us a better middle of the pack competition in the form of like planes, uh, more highly contested planes involving lower seeds from major regions. Overall, this format should provide uh, more competitive games than the current one, in my opinion. And then continuing on, bring the Swiss system in because I think it's just more beneficial overall than the current one that Riot has where it's best of ones. Doesn't really give a good story. Doesn't really give a good idea of adaptability of the team, so on and so forth. Riot's already shown that they know how to do the Swiss system as shown via the uh, Valorant Masters Berlin. Took them seven days uh, to do groups when Riot used to do 
groups for worlds in eight days, so it's more than possible, right? Only downside of this format is you may possibly have longer days if all series, all three series go three games, which could be nine games in one day. But we've already shown also in plans that we had a 10-game day. It happens. It's a long day. It, ha- it sucks, but it is what it is. That's why you have tons and tons of talent coming in taking turns. Um, and like I said, I would personally suggest keeping in the single elimination for best of fives due to a respectable portion of the community liking the finality of a single elimination at the high-end level. Um, I get that. Um, and also for the sake of trying to make sure everything ends at a proper time frame, because you start putting in having a best of three double elimination, which is the only way you're ever going to do double elimination for uh, knockouts. Like you're going to expand the tournament. Like you have to go even further down the line. And I think right, like this term is already long enough as it is, because you're already adding an additional tournament. So for this sake, I would say, keep the single elimination best of fives. You already have best of threes in groups that are double elimination. This should have the finality of it and gives it like a nice solid ending to it. Um, I'm trying to think if that was anything, if there was anything else. Is this last slide? Yep, that, that's, that's pretty much it. So that's my little tangent. That's my little rant. Uh, that's my little presentation over what I think the world's format should look like heading into 2023, because obviously 2022 is too soon to go do that. And obviously, yeah, that, that, that is my opinion. So what that means if you guys have disagreements Ooh, on it, no, that was, I saw TMB write something in the chat that I haven't read yet. I'll read that was, that was great because uh, I, I was laughing because uh, I switched back to the, the three-man uh, shot, right? And then all of a sudden I see Curly just kind of like bolt up right and be like, yes, I've been listening very professionally this entire time. <laughs> no, I have. I have. No, I, I saw like, you on camera. Oh. Yeah, I, I knew you were. <laughs> I was. No, no, I know. I know. I know. I just make it funny. No, but uh, yeah, it was, uh, wow. No, that was wow. great. I think um, I, I think the big, the big takeaway uh, for me is that there's a lot of possibility, I think. There's a lot of space in the global calendar for riot to involve the smaller regions more involve more teams overall in the qualification process um i liked what you said about you know how vct champions uh has been doing their you know qualification and also their uh, just tournament process in general uh obviously vct is you know a global circuit with big tournaments and things like that and multiple international tournaments a year but look they're doing multiple international tournaments a year. Like it's not a unrealistic thing. Um, You know, they had, they were supposed to have three different uh, masters tournaments this year. I think the first one was uh, relegated just to being uh, local regional uh, masters, but then they were able to have masters Reykjavik and masters Berlin, um, and now they're going to have uh, VCT champions, uh, I believe, next month. So it's not like Riot can't put on international tournaments. Um, I think I think there's a lot of space for them to uh, enable more international opportunities for teams, help us see more international play, and help teams level up more. Uh, Curly, did, any thoughts on these format ideas? <laughs> Well, <laughs> I do like the um, I, I like a lot of what you presented. I like the idea of like an earlier play-ins that includes like involves some minor regions more and all that stuff, like the tier four, the tier three. My fundamental issue is that you are giving 
too many teams to the LPL and LCK. Mm. Yep, and I, I knew that's going to probably be one of the biggest... Four teams points. is too much already, and the fact that you took away the guaranteed seed from PCS and VCS actually destroys my soul. <laughs> like, I... um, <laughs> When you got to that slide, I sat back for a second, and I'm like... You need to respectfully, like, I, I, like, in my brain, I interjected. I had interjected in my brain. I was like, whoa, whoa. But it's like, no, I sat back and let you see it through. But, yeah, no, that is, like, a huge flaw I see with your format. Everything else is really good. I do think it would be very demanding production-wise. But, as you said, Riot has shown they can do multiple international tournaments. Um, I think your overall concepts are real good. I'm also, but another thing I'm not positive about is the Swiss style best of three because I see how the quality is better. But uh, part of me really called me old fashioned. Um, I like seeing how shit hits the fan in week two <laughs> and people's expectations are completely overdone or, or, or like just it, like watching FPX shit the bed. Both painful, but satisfying in a way, <laughs> you know. It, so it's like I kind, I kind of like that, like the chaos of week one, week two, best of ones. Um, and I, I'm actually indecisive as to whether I would want to keep single or double elimination because you raise a good point of the finality of single elimination. So really, maybe not the Swiss best of three. Don't you dare give another team to LZK and LPL. And I agree with everything else you presented. <laughs> See, yeah, I, I was thinking about it, but I, I actually don't know of a better way to make it a full 24-team tournament while making everything, like, nice and equal. So I told you what to do. I, think... I told you I, we, I told you last week, take away a team from China and too much already and give that shit to other <laughs> other regions. Like, bring LJL up to two. Give them uh, a, like an actual guaranteed spot, and give LCO another one. Yeah, well, that's what theoretically I already did. I here's here's what I'll say. And, and this, you and this will be them, the... you took that, but you took them from the PCS and the VCS. That's no, what you. They, they both have two seeds. They're just placed lower. I think I think what I'll say like the. And, and we can make this the final thing before we move on to the FlyQuest news. Um, what I'll say is that I'm all for giving some of the smaller regions uh, an additional spot. I think in, I've always felt that it's a little unfair that you've got like eight or ten teams in a region. And then at the end of the year, like literally one of them gets to go. Like you work your entire year and then one of them gets to go to Worlds. Like maybe there's space for another for the second place team to also make worlds like i think that'd be a really cool um you know thing for them uh you know and then they have to go through plans uh you know in various stages i really like that idea um but at the end of the day i still think like those minor regions would get showed up like they would not make it to you know the group stage uh you know like like i don't think second place brazil or second you know second place turkey uh, would do much better than first place Brazil or first place Turkey. Um, so, you know, so there's that. Um, but I, I think, I think the format thing is a really interesting discussion. I'm really hopeful that Riot kind of like takes a look at stuff and is like, yeah, maybe we do need to, uh, change some things up. Cause I think this has been a long time 
complaint that has been slowly gathering more and more steam from various corners of the scene. Okay, final discussion topic of the night today. Coincidentally, not coincidentally, just the timing was really good. Um, Coach Kanani uh, announced that he is still under contract with FlyQuest, but they are allowing him to begin exploring options for 2022. He's looking for head coach or strategic assistant coach positions across both LEC and LCS. And then he notes his in-game strengths include champion scouting, drafting themes, macro game, jungle mid-support synergy, and bot lane or jungle individual role coaching. Um, Usually, when I see somebody making a hey, still under contract, but they're letting me explore options uh, post, it means that they will no longer be with the team, (laughs) Uh, that they are moving on. And usually it means that that player or coach is the one who wants to move on. Um, So maybe I am, if I am misinterpreting this, then so be it. But it sounds to me like Kanani would like to move on to a new project. Uh, Do you guys think I am interpreting this tweet correctly, or do you think Kanani will be on stage drafting for us next year? Personally, for me, I think it could be, it could be the opposite way around. I'm not saying that it is, but it could be that FlyQuest doesn't want to keep him. It's not, uh, not, they're not selling off his contract. His contract just straight up ends this year, right? Mm -hmm. So it could absolutely be FlyQuest rather just go with someone else and so they're saying hey you better start looking now because we don't really plan on renewing your contract um whether that is or is not i don't know um i'm probably leaning more towards FlyQuest. probably is like hey you should look i don't think it's a matter of like because this is kanani's first gig in the lcs as far as i'm like in a major major region so for him i'm sure it's like he kind of like to stay and like get his boots on the ground and make sure he's cemented into the lcs but that's just me and i'm Speaking as an outsider, you are you are correct, and I did not realize that his contract yeah. does end, and I believe it well, ends. Re- it ends November first, so it actually ends in literally a week. Um, oh wow! So yeah, so yeah, it's certainly it it either yeah that could be the case where they are not going to retain him and they are giving him a week's jump on starting conversations. Um, I will note that both Fantix and Sharks, uh, their contracts are, are good for another yeah. uh, year. So they end November 1st, uh, 2022. And then the other, um, I don't know if we talked about this last week, but uh, it might have happened in between uh, last week and this week. But Triple uh, announced yeah. that he is also you know in a similar position where... He's uh, been allowed to start exploring options because his contract ends November 16th. Uh, And I don't believe Dreams has tweeted uh, anything similar, but his contract is also ending November 16th. So I would not be surprised if we saw a, hey, FlyQuest has allowed me to start exploring options. Especially, you know, once we get to like that week before, like November 9th to 15th, you'll just see everything on your timeline being (laughs) retweets of players be like, Hey, my team has allowed me to start exploring options for next year. Um, <laughs> as the uh, off-season panic <laughs> begins, 
Um, I just can't wait for at LCS official to be like, hey, Riot Games has allowed me to <laughs> <laughs> other contracts yeah. or other opportunities. So, uh, so interesting. Um, I mean, how, how do we feel about, you know, a new, potentially new coach uh, coming into the interesting, I'm looking at the global contract database right now. Sharks is listed as the academy coach, and Fantix mm-hmm. is listed as the LCS coach, which is yeah. a little interesting to me. Um, I mean, how do you guys feel about potentially losing Kanani um, as a you know as a possibility? I want to say this in the most respectful way possible. <clears throat> I'm very content with this potential loss. Um, I hold nothing against Kanani, but I personally, just from the season, from what I saw, I firmly believe um, that a lot of FlyQuest issues were very much back-end, and anything that is back-end usually is the responsibility of the coach, meaning something in coaching sessions. And I wasn't in those. I'm not a coach. I am a hard-stuck Silver 3, well, now Silver 4 top laner. But... <clears throat> Good clarification. I, Thank you. <laughs> but... Um, <clears throat> when it comes to being able to observe, you can still observe that. So I don't know what it's like to be in that moment, but you can see when something just doesn't quite click with a team. And like I said, that usually falls on a coach. <clears throat> and I'm not saying he's not a good coach. Like Licorice was underperforming until he went to Golden Guardians. And then he started going real, <clears throat> like he had came out the gates real good. It was the best breakup in LCS history. Um, so maybe this could be something for Kanani too, where, excuse me, where whatever like he finds is just better for him. Um, and whatever shoes, uh, fill his are better for us. So I'm always one who wants to develop the people we have, but in this case, I think it's best we let go. Yeah. 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 Um, Go ahead. So let, let, let's follow this, the, the, the train of thought of like looking at the community sentiment as well as like the narratives around this team this year, right? So coming into this year, we obviously lose a world star-studded roster, right? Came out of Worlds looking pretty damn good. Three and three in the group, losing to basically DRX mainly and then splitting with TES. Like it was a solid squad, but then it's like, oh, wow, your members are all really good. Like gone. So we come in, we go to Cloud9. We're like, hey. We'll give you a whole bunch of money. Give us Licorice, give us Palafox, give us Diamond. As well as, uh, no, yeah, yeah, those three. And then we go to Dignitas, we pick up Johnson. And then we go to Latin America, we go to Rainbow Seven. Like, hey, Jose Diodo, come here. You know you want to shine on the big North American stage. Show what you got. You looked great at Worlds. Like, come work, come play with us. All this is a fair amount of money, right? Like, we, we probably, we dropped a fair amount of money on what was supposed to be kind of like a rebuilding year. And so we go into the year, and we have Kanani and Sharks, who, per my knowledge of my research, they'd mainly been in, like, kind of minor regions and slash lower-end LEC teams. And the year begins, and it's this kind of, like, okay, we have the expectations we should be sixth, should be, like, low-end middle pack, but we should make playoffs, right? And it's just we're struggling to get it together. Our macro isn't there. We look discombobulated. We're not making plays individual play levels off a little bit too, which I'm not going to associate that too much to uh, 
uh, uh, Kanani, but like spring didn't look good, right? And so summer comes along, we swap out Diamond, we bring up Dreams, and it's like, okay, still like looking a little better, but like a lot of the same issues are still there. Nothing's really changed. And a lot of the community sentiment, obviously, about this crew is it's like, yeah, they probably are going to start off weak, but they should ramp up over time. And we never saw that ramp up. Like, it never came. And basically, towards the end of summer, it's like, just, oh, my God, we're desperate. we got to get into playoffs. There's eight teams getting into playoffs, and we're going to be one of the two that don't. We, like, we got to do something. So we bring up the Academy squad. We bring up Fantics. And it's like, we had, like, a great honeymoon phase. And then it just became very apparent, like, hey, this Academy squad, I mean, there's a reason they're Academy. Like, they're good. They should absolutely be prospects to look at coming into the next couple of years. But at the end of the day, they're not ready yet for LCS. And so you kind of go back to like, well, we'll bring the old squad back in on like kind of last week, like mix and mash and stuff, seeing what works, what doesn't. And basically it kind of just, it was flight plus scrambling, right? Let's just be honest with ourselves. They couldn't get it together. And lo and behold, we don't make playoffs. And that's just the end of the main team season. So my point about this goes back to, we had a roster of guys who, by all means and accounts, should have been good enough to be middle of the pack. They had the potential. Everyone thought they looked good in years previous. Why is it that we were struggling with macro? Why is it that we're unable to synergize as a team? So on and so forth. And I think personally for me, a lot of that falls on the head coach. For, for me, like I, because I don't know, unless there's like a vital piece of information that I'm missing somewhere, I, it should be the head coach that is bringing the team together, who is getting them all uh, situated and synergized and making sure they work together as a proper team. And the entire year, I never saw that. And so if you have a whole year, you have a total of 15 weeks to do that with this squad, 45 games, and you can't get that to mesh with a roster that looked that good. I don't have faith in you. So hopefully maybe it was a fluke year, but I don't want to take that chance. So for me personally, I'm okay to see Kanani go on his way to some other team. I actually hope he does well on another team, but I don't want to take the chance that we have another year like we did this year, next year. That, that was great. Uh, that was <laughs> fantastic. No, no that, was, that was beautiful. That was eloquent. It was moving. Uh, it was passionate. No, I mean, I think... Um, I, I really don't have any, any disagreements there. I think... Um, yeah, I think you crushed it. The It was clear that something was missing this year. Um, there was a lack of charisma on the team. Um, there was a lack of... Felt like a lack of leadership. Felt like a lack of taking responsibility. Um, and yeah, I'm hopeful that uh, whoever steps up in the head coaching role next season, if it's Fantics or if it's someone else that we sign, um, really puts themselves forward as like a face to take, uh, you know, charge of things, you know, I mean, not necessarily like, like Reapered, but like a Reapered-esque kind of coach where like they're publicly being like, Yep, drafted like shit today. Sorry, guys. You know, my bad. We'll fix it for next week. Da 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 da. da. Okay, we got. You know, they'll they pop out on Twitter. Okay, we got to work on this. You we you know like someone like that. You know, an Artemis type of person, a Reaper type of person. 
um, you know, someone who is willing to take charge and lead well, um, that is really, that's all that I'm asking, is somebody who is willing to lead this team. Um, I do like when a coach is active on Twitter. Yeah, it's it's good. Yeah, I do. I actually do really appreciate when a coach is active on Twitter, when they're talking about the other games, you know, and they're really like, wow, why did CLG draft that awful comp, you know, or why? I can't believe TSM flipped that Baron, you know, like, I don't care. Just like show that you're actively participating in the scene and, uh, you know, being part of things. So that's some interesting news. The off-season st- rumors. I mean, if you go follow LEC Wulu, he's uh, posting spicy uh, photoshops every single day uh, with his LEC roster rumors. Are we maybe getting a new LEC super team? Uh, Alfari and Perks uh, playing together on uh, on somewhere, some team. Uh, who knows? Um, you know, who knows what might uh, what might occur? But uh, roster season is almost here. I can't wait to read some wolf bombs and some... What, what is it called when Bloop uh, posts something? Is it like a Bloop Blast or something like that? Uh, <laughs> something like that. I, don't, yeah, I, 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 forget, I forget what the uh, <laughs> what the what the term is for a Bloop Scoop. Oh, a Bloop Scoop. Yeah, that's what it is. Bloop a Bloop Scoop. scoop. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to some Bloop Scoops. Okay. Well, I believe that is the show. Uh, looking forward to semifinals this weekend. Uh, hopefully some banger series are inbound. Uh, should be a good time. Thank you all for watching Flight Check, Season 1.5, Episode 5. Uh, it has been a great time on the show. Um, you can watch the VOD of this on YouTube and or on Twitch, uh, wherever you prefer to watch your VODs. Uh, the show is also on all of your favorite streaming audio platforms, and you can go listen to it there. Uh, we do the show every Monday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, and we will be back here next Monday night uh, recapping semifinals and maybe even some more off-season news because I'm sure uh, more and more stuff will start to trickle and leak out uh, as the time goes on. Uh, I'm Sandy Toes. I don't really have any uh, shout-outs this week except for um, Alvin Kamara. Uh, please uh, get more fantasy points than Jameis Winston tonight. You have a seven-point buffer. Oh, jeez, uh, traditional sports. All right. You, you have a seven-point <clears throat> buffer, and all I need is for you to not get, uh, you know, six points or more less than – that made no sense. Basically, I need Jameis Winston to not score seven points more than Alvin Kamara. I think it's very doable. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. I uh, also have Camaro on my fantasy team. Yeah. So you and me both, Sandy. How uh how behind are you behind or are you up in your uh in your in your match? I'm behind by like ten points. Oh, you've got this, think, bro. Easy. Well he, he he also has someone on uh the Seahawks. I forget. Oh, who, that that could be that could be a little sketchy. DK Metcalf yeah. already had an eighty four yard uh, touchdown reception, so things oh. might be yeah, it could be. He has Metcalf. Oh, <laughs> really? Are you serious? Yeah, eighty-four yards, brother. Uh, hate to hate to see that one. Yeah. So if you're Hi, in, my if name you're is in Curly Q. if you're in PPR, <laughs> if you're in a PPR league, uh, Metcalf just got your opponent fifteen points. So I apologize for that. Uh, got, yeah. So that's my I'm only shout out, Sandy. I'm so uh, confused for by Kamara. sports. Uh, Curly, so do you have a non-sports <laughs> shout-out for us? I got so confused by traditional sports <laughs> that I failed at speaking. <laughs> like, jeez. <laughs> I just, like, had a little bit of... Uh, uh, 
Shout out to junglers everywhere mm-hmm. for having severe impact on my success in games. Except for... <laughs> no. Um, I don't know. Shout out to... You know what? No, no, no. Shout out to everyone who's been involved in Worlds production. Uh, they are killing it. They are doing a great job. They really are. Um, Azale did an awesome job of inheriting the caster curse role from... Um, Shocks. I don't know if you saw on Twitter. He uh, had been practicing a C9 monologue last night. Yeah, not good. So, not good. Not, so, um, yeah, but like, shout out, shout out to the world staff. They're killing it. Excellent. Knox. And also, oh. shout out to Rhodes, uh, Tim Kench, uh, Halloween contest. Make sure you do that shit. Yeah, make sure you do the contest. Knox, uh, any shout outs for you? Just real quick, uh, FlyQuest dropped some merch. So, if you're FlyQuest fans, by all means, go check out the website. They got some new stuff up. Um, Did they? Then re- reemphasizing Curly, go check out Rhodes' uh, Tim Kench contest. It's in the Discord under uh, hashtag Tim's Hideout, I believe, if I mm-hmm. remember incorrectly. Um, Nox, I think you're. There. I think you're leaking stuff because I don't think it's, they've. It's not up yet. It's not up yet, but they. He's teased, not leaking though. They, they teased tease. that something is oh. coming on Halloween. Um, yeah, anyway, a limited. Um, okay, it's not a leak. A limited seasonal merch item being released on Halloween. So it's a bit of a leak, but not really a leak because they already said it's happening. So say what it was. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, yeah, Tim Kench contest. Go check that out. Go go participate. Do by October thirty first for uh, Road. Um, FlyQuest I'll... is doing a pumpkin carving contest to win that seasonal merch it, item. By the way, I'm kind of sad. I'm actually carving pumpkins with my family on Sunday, which is Ooh. after the. Dude, I I already carved a pumpkin uh, this past weekend, but maybe I need to go buy another pumpkin and try. I think that's what you gotta do. Try my hand I think at this. Knox also has to buy another pumpkin. I could, I could use whatever this seasonal merch item is. Um, excellent. And then outside of that, uh, I think Hundred Talkpods still doing their thing tonight. Question mark? Maybe I don't know. Yeah, shout out Hundred Talkpod. They're just chill guys in general. Yep. Uh, shout out to them. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think they've, um, they have, they've not tweeted about a show tonight, so I don't know what they're doing. Um, I, I'm a liar. That's all you need to know. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's on, it's Especially about true. the FlyQuest stuff. That's not true. Yeah, there's no merch item, guys. No merch item. <laughs> merch never doesn't seen. even exist. Like, hold they're on. shop.flyquest.gg? I don't know, I don't know her. I don't know her. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, well, that has been the show. Uh, thank you all so much for watching. Hope you all uh, stay safe out there. Don't forget to hit the head on the nail, and we will see you all very, very soon. Adios. Peace, y'all.